0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back uh, to episode nine of the She Invest podcast. I am your host, Allie Fugate. And I'm Carrie Douglas. And we are She Invest. Uh, so today we have uh, a special guest on, Danielle Kreloff. And uh, Carrie's going to give us her bio, and then we're going to bring her on and just uh, get into all of the wonderful stuff she has going on right now um, yeah. in her world.
1: Awesome. So Danielle's bio, uh, with 23 years of marriage under her belt and six amazing kids ranging in ages six to 20, three boys and three girls. Danielle was born in a family of entrepreneurs. Her mom owned a title company and her dad ran a painting contracting and roof cleaning business. Even her, even her husband shares the entrepreneurial spirit and works in property management and commercial real estate. Four years ago, Danielle realized that life was becoming more expensive and she needed to find a way to financially support her family. So she started a side hustle doing mobile closings for her mom's title company and discovered a wealth of business ideas. She then started working part-time for the company, helping them set goals and build up their employees. It was during this time that Danielle and her dad attended a business conference and decided to create a family business that would have, that would leave a lasting legacy. Uh, Be inspired by Danielle's entrepreneurial spirit and learn from her journey to success. Join us for an unforgettable story.
0: So welcome, Danielle Creeloff. Welcome, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yes. Thanks for being here. So can you just tell us, um, so how did you decide and walk us through what that looked like in your life at the time on to get into real estate investing?
2: So our real estate journey kind of started when we first got married. We read that book, Rich Dad Poor Dad, like everybody else in the world of investing, and um, it kind of made us think, okay, how do we want to, how do we want to build, um, you know, real estate? With my husband being in real estate, we thought it would be something easy for us to do. Well, it wasn't as easy as we thought. We started with our first condo when we got married, and then. We bought something, a bigger house, two years later, kept our condo, and then, um, uh, you know, pulled money out of it, rented it out, that whole process. We did that a couple times. And then, um, you know, the big crash happened in 2008. And so we kind of shifted things. We lost our equity line. And anyway, there was a lot of shifting going on. We kind of got out of real estate. We still had our commercial real property property that was a uh, office building. And we kept that for a while and made some money on that. And then we kind of just put everything on hold for a little bit. Cause we kind of felt a little burned by that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, We then, you know, in my bio kind of explained, we just felt like a couple of years ago that we wanted to get back into some kind of business and real estate was just easy. I mean, for us, because it's part of what We've all done my, you know, my mom being entitled, my husband being in real estate, and we've all been a part of it. So, as a family, my parents, my husband, and I, and my sister, we all decided to create some kind of business together, and that's kind of how we started back into real estate investing. We started looking at some um, STRs. We were looking at my daughter's in Louisville, Kentucky, so we looked there to try to get her as a part of our business, and then. That didn't work out we looked in lexington because that's close by that didn't and then we just started looking around here in our area and um wanted to maybe do multi-family str instead of just one property that's kind of how we got into the whole well let's just do a motel i mean i guess we just decided to jump in with both feet and that's yeah. what we did.
1: <laughs> economies of scale right and just yeah. kind of go bigger go home right that's yeah Awesome. Yeah, so
0: what do you think your biggest uh, pros were like when you were like deciding to, to go for the multifamily short term rental space? Like, what screamed at you that that's the avenue that you think would be the most successful for your journey?
2: Um, I think it was that we could buy more with less money. Like we thought we could mm-hmm. um, accomplish more, uh, you know, bring in more money with bringing less to the table. So if we had two or three, you know, like a triplex or a duplex, then they're, they were about the same as a single family home around here. And so then we were thinking, well, if we did that, we'd be getting double. So that's kind of where our thought process went. And then we were just like, oh, with COVID, everything, we thought back to what happened with COVID. And we personally were affected because we were renting We were going on vacation during COVID, That our family vacation that we always go on, and we couldn't rent our units that we always go to because Mm -hmm. of COVID. But we could go to a hotel, and we were like, that doesn't make sense. So then we were thinking, well, if that ever happens again, I'd rather have something that we could always send people to. Like We wouldn't be, at least according to the last protocol, we wouldn't be shut down so that's kind of where we went into that whole thinking
1: yeah there's definitely like a difference between taking a single family home and using it mm -hmm. for short-term rental versus taking something that's already zoned that way like like a small motel and using it the way that the zoning and the legislation intends right it's it's sometimes an easier path right
0: yeah yeah and and I was just gonna say, and like for our listeners, can you tell everybody where, like, here is so where's oh, here? Sure.
2: Sorry, we're in Safety Harbor, Florida. We live in Clearwater, which is like ten minutes from our motel. So um, Safety Harbor is just a small little town in between Tampa, Saint Pete, Oldsmar, um, and it's just it's a favorite of most people because it's so quaint and small town still. And then yet everything's super close. All the beaches, Clearwater um the airport the airport's there is like 15 20 minutes everything's really close so and so you you did end up purchasing this motel and how many units is that motel so there's 13 units currently 11 of them are short term and two of them are long term so we inherited two people that are just living there so and we let them nice. stay yeah Nice. um and so can i i i've
0: Love questions about this because I mean, this is like the world that Carrie and I are getting into, right? So, um, so you, you inherited two long term tenants. So, that's very similar to kind of like what Carrie's going through right now. Yeah. But I want to know, like, for the other 11 units, like, what did you do? Like, was this a value add property? Did you guys do any type of renovations? Like, what stage in the process
2: are you in? All of that. Yeah. So, we, yes, it was definitely a value add. We, um, the numbers really didn't make much sense to have a loan on it when we bought it but we knew where we could go with it um, because of the location and um so thankfully we were able to get a good lender who helped worked with us and gave us money even to put into the property and um so we renovated all of the 11 units uh our, it's kind of unique because we have two two bedroom units a one bedroom um apartment and then um seven efficiencies uh in a like a one bedroom kind of studio kind of thing so um we renovated all of them updated everything new furniture changed the look completely and um then got it all up online thankfully there's such a good it's such a great location and People Have been coming there for years and they just are thankful for the updates, and artists keep coming back. So, and so when you, I'm so sorry, Carrie, I have like a couple of questions. No, keep
1: going.
0: <laughs> when you went through this whole process, um, did you do a rebranding when you did this, or did you keep the branding because you did have so many people that had come in and pros and cons? Like, if you guys had those conversations of what to do and, and how that conversation yeah. happened
2: that's a good question we actually um we went back and forth on that we were going to change the name but and rebrand it redo all that but we ended up keeping the name because it's been there for so long and then we just changed the logo changed the design changed all that um just because we wanted people to be able to still find the same place but Mm -hmm you know, you, know
1: when you have like a, a tribe of loyal people who've been coming there for decades right? right make it easy for them to find but once you change your logo and and your brand they know something they know someone new is there right exactly
2: yeah. and just like, even the updating of the painting and all that they were everyone was like oh something's going on over there <laughs>
0: so. yeah and I, and I i think like but those conversations like when you do buy a, a multi-family property like this <laughs> um they're important conversations because exactly what you're talking about like you have two ways that you can get well three ways right it's like you can do exactly what you did and you can keep it and change just certain aspects of it so that um if you do have a good reputable um you know a guest clientele that are coming back continually they can find it um but then you also have like do you go through a complete rebrand and do you do this because the hotel didn't have a reputable, right. you know, clientele yeah. and business structure? Um, or do you, you know, again, just keep chugging along because things don't need to change. But so I was just curious how that went because like, I know for us, we have to rebrand because we don't want the same stigma around Right. What was there before. And so it's just always interesting to me to see and I, I love to hear the different stories behind that because everybody's in a different situation. Like mm-hmm. Carrie is in like the same thing, right? Like she's like complete rebrand. And um but like her process is way different because she's just like you, right? She's kind of having to go that in-between route right now because of people that she inherited. And so, yeah, I just, lo- I love hearing all those different stories because it's also helpful for other people to know that like, there's not one set way. You don't have to buy it, rebrand it and right. and go forward, right? You know, you can find your own path at what works best for that location. So, yeah.
1: And sometimes you might keep, if it has a good reputation and the, and the brand is, is what you're wanting, you could just come in and improve operations right. and that can be a huge value add on its own, even if you had to do nothing else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. Well, do you mind if I segue to our next question? Um, So we want to know how investing in real estate has impacted your life, like your family, the decisions you guys make together as a group. Like, how has that impacted you? Um,
2: Let's see. Uh, Well. It's definitely been (laughs) stressful. (laughs) 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 I mean, all cards on the table. It's... um, but it's been good it's been so many great learning experiences for our family as a whole like even for my kids to see what it takes to work hard and like i think there's like a stigma and and like a belief like if you start investing you're just gonna make money and it's just gonna be easy and it's not you don't have to work that hard it's just you know you just do it and it happens well that's just not how it works i mean (laughs) i think my kids have um you know seen us work Eighty, a hundred hours a week for mm-hmm. the first, you know, for the first four months, trying to get everything up and going and processed and operations in place and a remodel. I mean, it, it's just a lot of work. And so, in that respect, um, I would say we've learned that it does take hard work, but there's reward. Hard work comes with reward, and I think that. Um, something that we've learned and we're thankful for. We've also, you know, learned that you just knowing people, networking, knowing the right people and not being afraid to ask people for things or like talk to people about things is a good thing. And that's probably how you're going to get further in investing is just knowing the right people, getting yourself out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, that was huge in what uh, really helped us get the lending because my husband had that contact and that relationship already with his business. So, um, it, it really is about who, you know,
1: and you networks to even find your motel. Too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bought it off market by contacting the seller who was, you thought might be ready to retire because they don't did a long time.
2: Yes. That's exactly right. And, um, I, we'll do it that way again. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, we just are really, right now, that's I know we're going to get to that question, but right now we're looking for our next one. And I think that's how we're kind of doing it. We're just kind of looking at all the ones in our area that we think might be a good fit for us, and then seeing who bought it when and why they might be interested in being done.
0: Yeah. Well, And so for that strategy, so did you,
2: and I might have missed this, I just want to make sure. Um,
0: did you sell or finance the hotel that you're in now? No, you traditionally bought it. Yeah. Um, so is that something you might do in the future since like you know how to network and make these connections now? Like uh, do you think it would be beneficial to you in the future to do something like
2: a seller finance? Yes, definitely. Um, we did ask them about seller financing and they weren't interested. They had friends who had a bad experience and they were done. They just wanted to be done and they didn't want They didn't want to have to have the hotel motel back again and that's one of their friends that happened to like they did seller financing and then the people Mm -hmm. you know defaulted and they had to take the motel back and they were like "Ah, we don't want it (laughs) right yeah so you know they they just weren't interested but we would that's definitely um in our cards to use for hopefully the next one
1: yeah yeah so if we talk about the way that investing has impacted your life I know you've talked about, you know, the hard work. And I just, I only share this because we're talking about leaving a legacy today. Um, When I talk to my kids about the hard things that then lead to rewards, I oftentimes compare it to a rock tumbler. Like I'm going in this rock tumbler and I'm gonna come out really polished and amazing in the end. But while I'm in it, there's gravel that's like gritty and, and tough and scratchy and awful. And it's like, I mean, this is an analogy of course for children, right? But like, but like you're going through this process of being refined. And if, right. you, if you put rocks in a rock tumbler with cotton balls, it's gonna feel cushy, but it, you're not right. gonna become polished, right? So I just try to impress upon them, like the harder things that you go through, the more you're going to be refined. And mm-hmm. so I kind of try to welcome the hard part right there is a hard part yeah and then if you're okay i'd love to talk about the reward like how has this positively impacted your life like what have you been able to do because of real estate investing that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise
2: um meet meet lots of great people that's one thing you know that's been pretty awesome and um i you know right now it's consuming but we know that you know it's added value to our home and to our lives it's added financial value like Mm -hmm. it allows you know we have six kids and so we our kids are in private school and that was our goal was for me to be able to do something to help um provide for that and so that has provided for that and we're thankful you know we have two girls in college we have another one graduating Mm -hmm. and he'll be going off so and one that's probably getting married in the next six months, and so like these are all investing has helped you know prepare those finances to help us to um, to do the things we really want to do, and and those are the things that we want to invest in is our kids, and so um, that's what the reward that's been a really great one for us.
1: Yeah, awesome. Amazing. So our next question was, what's what are the next steps or future goals for you? And you kind of already alluded to looking for the next property. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, we would like in the next well six to eight months, like have found a property and have it under contract and be moving forward with um, whatever that's going to look like. Whether it's I mean, we always want to do value add. We I don't know that we see. Mm-hmm. That of not so well and plus we we want it to be ours like we want to be able to say like we I think that's the thing that we both love my husband and I is like seeing the transformation from one thing to the other and like wow it's like art or like I don't know you've accomplished something you Mm -hmm. know so we're really excited about that where we have specific um things that we want at the next one um so you know just looking for that and kind of waiting for the right one we're not, we're not going to just go get whatever we want the next yeah. right one, so
0: yeah i think I, I think that's go ahead
1: oh i was going to say i love how you mentioned that you want to buy something that has the opportunity to add value you're not looking for turnkey and it sounds like the part that inspires you is is the transformation and putting your own stamp on it because it is like a creative outlet like you said and so i i love hearing that because this isn't just about like oh how do i how do i make more money every month or or whatever like this is truly a passion or a purpose for you and that's that's how i feel about it as well and i think that's so important because um, I've seen some situations where people have purchased an investment, and then they're like, "Yeah, I really didn't want to run it. I just wanted to own a piece of property and and make money, right?" <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's important, and and um and so I think it's important to touch on 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 that piece that that having it be a passion project can be really important to being to having it be successful.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, I was going to say too, Danielle, like I love like that you talked about the transformation piece because like just last night, like we went up and um, I went to the hotel and like, I haven't been able to be there since like we're doing all this stuff that we are currently doing with the remodeling and um, to see the transformation that has come like, and like, man, you just step back. And like, I was just standing there with Kyle and like, we we're looking at everything and, like, it was like a completely different place. And I was like, it almost kind of brought me to tears. I was like, Oh my god, like like we did this. Like right. we we flipped you know, almost twenty homes. But then to see like this massive multifamily unit and I was like, We we did this. Like Yeah, this was this was us and this is amazing. And like mm-hmm. just like but then it's also like I think it just fuels you to look like, into that next sense of accomplishment, like because now we're looking at the next reward, right? Like, oh my gosh, like now we're just a month and a half away from opening and like furniture is about to start coming in. And so it's, it's, it's exciting. And I, I love that piece, but it also like just the emotional side of it too, because I think that's a, like one of the, for me is like really driven for that transformation piece because I'm emotionally connected, not, not necessarily to the property, but right. to the project yeah. and the experience that that we're having because ultimately that, that property is supposed to make me money. It's, it's supposed to be, you know, the cash cow of the future and I will eventually get rid of it. But it's that experience and being bought in on like having that experience with my husband with our family and mm-hmm. and going through that that rock tumbler process to then see like, we got a little polish, we have a little polish and we're almost yeah. there. So <laughs>
2: yeah, because it's huge. I really love that analogy, Carrie. It's so good. because. Yeah that is really what happens through the process is like you're refined and you learn and, and just doing it makes you learn so much. You know, After like so many things,
1: I would do differently when I do it again, right? Absolutely, right.
2: absolutely.
1: So yes,
0: I, I love that analogy too because I think I've told Carrie this before, but um, not that it even matters. But my daughter is obsessed with she collects rocks and it's mm. she like like minerals and um, geodes and all of that, and it's something that she kind of she got from her great grandfather, and they share that passion together. And so one of her things is like we take our kids along like any house that we go and visit and everything so she always picks up rocks she picks up rocks everywhere the girl comes in her like she'll have them in her pockets if it's winter they'll be in her jackets like it's crazy and um but she has a rock tumbler and so I've never thought about using that analogy with her um, for the rough times that we're going through when she is having to travel with us to these properties and we are having to stay up late or we're not able to take her to the playground. And I think that's gonna be my thing moving forward because she can really relate to it because that's something that she shares a passion for. Right, so. right. I feel like
1: it's easy to explain to kids. And yeah. when and when you talk about leaving them a legacy, I think in addition to leaving them a a financial, you know, legacy <laughs> for your family, it's important to leave them with the right mindset and the right um motivation and work ethic. And so I think it's just so great to talk to them about it. So, um, I can't, I can't wait to hear more Danielle as I get to know you yeah. about, you know, how you have passed your passion on to your kids. Cause I think that's so important, but
2: yeah.
0: Um, and before we get to the next question, Carrie, I've got one that like, just kind of sparked up Danielle. Is there anything that, like, along this journey that, um, you know, you've purchased a small tie family, like what's been the best, Tools to help you be successful. So, like, are you, you know, are you in groups? Are do you have connections you've made in the community? Like, what is it, and like, what are the best tools you've seen that have helped make you successful?
2: Um. So, I think, po- definitely podcasts have been huge for me, and that mm-hmm. like just teaching me so much information. I'm constantly learning, and then I have a friend who's been doing um. She just does uh, just single family STRs and she just is opened up her own property management company and um, has been like building that. So we've started kind of at the same time where she started her property management, we were buying the motel. And so she's been a huge asset. Like we've just been able to talk through a bunch of stuff and, learn from each other and that's been super helpful and then um i just have a great support system with my family my parents and my husband and my sister like they're all really great about jumping in where we need to jump in learning what they need to learn and um you know <laughs> going in that way and then you know when we started um the mastermind program with str secrets and that has been super helpful going to the str wealth conference um was really i think life-changing for my husband who was on board ish like he was on board doing everything but like not
0: not sold in right
2: yes he he just he didn't see the benefit so much of the networking and the learning and like all of that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so that has been huge for us
0: i love that you spoke about like your friend like having that person to lean on. I think that's so important because like what Carrie and I've spoke about before is like this is this can be a lonely journey. Um, especially if you're in the short-term rental buying hotels like we, who do you know next to you that's buying a hotel? No. Because when I go to the park with my children and I tell people what I do, they're like what? what? Like nobody I- wants to hear. It. This is not sexy to most people. So, um, and so I, I love that though because like that Carrie and I meet weekly on a accountability group, and it's just nice to sit down with people and have people to lean on that are going through the same struggles, and that you can be a sounding board, right? And so I, I love that. Yeah.
1: Tribe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so leading in our next, uh. Question, uh, how often do you look at and like track your personal financial statement? Um, and if you do and are doing this, so what current metrics are you using to track um, to track
2: that? Yeah, that's a good question. I was a little convicted on that one. I was like, oh, huh, I should be doing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to build wealth, so we probably need to know, know. if we're it or not, right? <laughs> I know. Right. Okay. I think like I am in the process of learning so much at, at a time. I feel like sometimes I'm drinking from the fire hose. And so it's like organizing what's what's on fire that I need to learn. <laughs> and then <laughs> learn. So um yeah, my we, when we got married my husband just always did the finances and you know I took care of like budgeting certain things but not like looking at everything and so it really now we have like a yearly kind of conversation about what our goals are financially and what we want to accomplish but we're really not great about double checking it we just kind of are looking at monthly like okay have we hit these or whatever but we don't have any specific metrics so anything that you guys have to offer we yep. would totally well
0: um you are in the mastermind course, so if you go in the mastermind course under resources, uh, go into the ma- oh yeah, um, go into the resources, go into the master cheat sheet, okay. and um, it gives you a whole thing that will help you track those metrics and your revenue and um, P and Ls, all of that. And it's what's nice is that it's all in one
1: sheet for you,
0: so um, that that can be a great starting point to help yeah. you with something that's already built.
1: And for those that aren't in a mastermind, um, we like I can definitely drop some resources in the notes for this. Just um, I would say like the basics of um, like Robert Kiyosaki's, um, you know, personal financial statement. And he makes that very public. It's like your um, assets and your liabilities and You're tracking your net worth, and you're also your cash flow. So it's a really easy sheet um, to fill out. And so we'll drop some of that in um, the notes and comments for people in case they want those resources.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. So, um, so what do you think? Like, like the conversations you and your husband have had. Do you guys have like a certain goal in mind to know, like, let's just say over the next year, to like to know that you've been successful, like what is the metric that you guys are currently having the conversation around that you know that you will have met that successful mark?
2: Yeah, so I should say we we did put together, uh, <laughs> you know, a PL for what we wanted to wanted things to look like, a performance statement, like of what we wanted things to look like for the motel. And we're already ahead of our schedule. So that's awesome. really great. Awesome. We um, I don't we're in summer months we were thinking we were going to be a couple thousand dollars less than what we are at so that's a huge blessing and um and I think like our projected for the winter um we're looking at a good uh like 40% increase so um so I we're for those like For the motel, we have a lot in place, but for us personally, we do not.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) and it's so important when you're running a business to know the numbers, and it sounds like you really do for the hotel, and that's amazing. Come, like, do what you can. You know, this is like a baby step thing. I don't think think anyone can, like, overnight just be like, yeah, I'm going to start doing all of these things. Like, you have to sort of, like, baby step into it. I don't think we talk about our personal financial statement nearly often enough. I would say it's probably every time a life event happens like, Oh, we're considering selling a property. Let's look at where we're at, you know, (laughs) or we're going to apply for a loan and the bank wants one. We better update that. Right. So it's just, it's more reactive than proactive. So I think, I think, you know, I could really be doing better too.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think we're the same care. We're like, Oh wait, we want to make another purchase. Like, wait, we should like, we should like look at things and like how things are going to play out and like how that looks for us before, because yeah. we are like very much I mean Danielle like especially with kids we are caught in the day to day rock grinder and, right. you know rock tumbler um <laughs> portion of life right um and and even like in the rock tumbler everything's just all at one time and there is no that tunnel sometimes is not very clear and so um i think that we all have we have improvements to make and i i am trying to um with like the current teams that I'm on trying to like really lean into their leadership on that and like what they're doing because I mean that's the whole point is like to get to people that are doing better than you right to like level yourself up and so I'm like I'm just constantly like peeking at like what all they're doing and like asking questions like how often are you doing this and like can you send me this so I can you know draw some ideas so um the the point is just to constantly get better yeah yeah and and i think that if we're striving to do that when then we're in the right place right Mm -hmm. so um what would you have done differently knowing what you know today
2: danielle um well starters if i could go back all the way to 2008 or 2005 (laughs) <laughs> I would have done a few <laughs> things differently, um, but I think learning from that, I I would have um, just been like more disciplined in our own finances, so that we could have maintained some of those other properties and not gotten scared. I think, I, I think some of the things that I've learned recently, even is you don't lose money until you actually sell something. If If the value
1: goes down and you're not a seller right then, who cares? Right. It's only if you're trying to sell. Keep going. Sorry.
2: Yes, exactly. So that, you know, that's where we kind of made mistakes where we were like freaky, everyone freaked out. And so we kind of freaked out. We were young. We were early twenties, you know, like maybe not that early. Anyway, we were young. And so, um, you know just kind of chilling and waiting it out and seeing what the next thing kind of brings around and i think that's really applicable to right now because Mm -hmm. things are really changing there is a big shift um you know we're seeing well not in the tampa bay area we're not really seeing numbers go down but the interest rates are so high and people are just not buying as quickly so that that part is slowing down some um so you know just not freaking out but just kind of rolling with it is would be one of the things that we really learned like it's never a bad time to buy unless you don't it doesn't cash flow and it doesn't work Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so i think i think that's a great such a great lesson and like something that people don't talk about danielle is that um and some people won't admit that they should have like not been scared and fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, even especially like you said, during this time, because a lot of people like I'm seeing it right now, like, with potential clients that we had in our pipeline that are supposed to be like preparing a property. And they're like, Oh, no, like, we've got to get out of this property right now. We're gonna, we're not gonna short term rent it, we're just gonna sell it. And I'm like, you have a great property that you could probably get a lot of money for uh, later on, it's almost paid off for them, that they could like wait, hold on to it, let it cash flow. And then, you know, when the market is a much it's actually a seller's market, then they could go forward and, and at the right time for them, that would actually, you know, be more of a wealth building strategy for them at that point. But I think that a lot of them did go through that 2008 crisis and, um, you know, are in that same fearful mentality. And unfortunately, some people that went through that didn't have a lot of growth like you did to understand the importance of hope of of buy and hold um Mm -hmm. and the value in that so it's um and unfortunately some of them are way older and um unfortunately sometimes you can't teach an old dog new tricks right um and they don't have a lot of time left anyway to make and hold decisions that Mm -hmm. that they need at that point
2: so right and i think also there's, like, a time frame in your life where, like, I think when I'm not there yet, but I watched my parents go through it because they went through this. They had, like, 50-something properties in 08. And um, and then they kind of got sucked into the whole scared thing, too. And, um, you know, when you're at a certain age, too, it's like, well, what about my retirement? I'm going to lose everything now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it can be scary. It can be scary to be like, you know, but. I don't
1: well, know. When, when, I the market, when the market did what it did in the recession, it took about 10 years to recover. And mm-hmm. so you're right. If there was someone who was nearing retirement who was worried they weren't going to, that it wasn't going to recover until the, it was too late for them and they needed to cash out, that would definitely be something that would cause mm-hmm. fear. Um, but I think for people who are getting into this or who are young enough, like if houses go on sale, it's okay. That's a right. good time to buy. So so like you're right. yeah. yeah. Like
0: yeah, so I mean somebody put a post out the other day that was just like super insightful because people are always like, interest rates and don't do this because um you're not gonna get great value because interest rate like there's never a a not good time to buy it's just whether or not you evaluated it right because there are always options to lower your interest rates later and make make better cash flow you know when you do go through those processes but i think it all comes down to being educated and so many uh individuals um did not have um you know people in their life that they could actually look for and lean on um like like especially like you did danielle you had great entrepreneurial parents and that went through things like this that you could actually watch and learn from. Um, and they don't have anybody speaking to them about these options and speaking to them about decisions that they could, um, could be making and and all of that. So I think there's so much value. Yeah.
1: Getting educated and buying a property that cash flows as long as like, if the, if the interest rates high and the price is high, but it cash flows, that's what matters,
0: right? right absolutely yeah well we want to be respectful of your time danielle um so before we ask our last question can you please tell everyone um how they can find you on social media um and also um yeah uh, how they can find your hotel
2: yeah yeah thank you um so we are on social media two ways ben and danielle on Instagram and then, um, safety Harbor motel on Instagram. So you can find our, uh, motel on our, where our website, it should come up pretty easily. It's just www.safetyharbormotel.com. And, um, and then you can also our, it's linked in our bio, um, in our Instagram page. So we're trying to get that going a little bit more and awesome. um you should be able to book from there as well awesome okay well carrie you want to ask for the last question sure.
1: so as you've been on your investing journey what is the most exciting thing that you've done
2: well definitely the motel because um we i we got to do it from start to finish so you know as a as a family we um decided what we wanted to do but it was really me finding the motel and my husband and I writing the letter and, um, you know, still getting together with our partners and discussing everything, but just moving forward with all of that, meeting the sellers, talking with them, being trained by them. That was just so amazing. They, they just gave me such a wealth of information and trained me for like, I don't know, (laughs) three months. They were amazing. Awesome. Yeah, which they knew we didn't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) We just know about real estate. We didn't really know anything about hospitality or motels or we were just jumping in. So they were amazing. And so it's been so exciting to learn so much, just to learn all they and they were all paper and pencil. So
1: and phone calls. So even when they train you, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, right? Like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna technologyify this a little bit afterwards, but let's see what you got here for, so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So it was good, but they taught me like how how to keep a schedule and how to clean the rooms, and so that I would have all of that under my belt. And so they were awesome, and it was just a great experience all the way around. That's amazing.
1: Well,
0: that is so fun. And I can't wait to see uh, the hotel. Hopefully I'll make it down there one day. I know Carrie's going to be down there shortly. Um, But yeah, but thank you, Danielle. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your wealth of knowledge that you came on and shared with everybody. And uh, we look forward to watching your journey and seeing what your next adventure is. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you.